Welcome to Reclaim Your A-Game. I'm your host, Christine Franklin. I'm a best-selling author and firm believer that we all deserve to live lives full of joy and show up as the best version of ourselves in every area. Beyond awards and accolades, being on your A-game is about being mindful of what makes you feel your best and settling for nothing less. Known as the Soul Illuminator, Jennifer Regular guides spiritual change makers to embody their highest potential so they can step into their deepest passion, realize their self-worth, and help raise the vibration of the planet so we can all experience global harmony. She is an international speaker, podcast host, and author of Embrace Your Power, a healing journal of self-discovery. And I will add, I can't help but admire her commitment to lighten up the lives of others. It feels like Jennifer is giving you a warm embrace when she speaks. You're about to hear what I mean. Welcome to Jennifer Regular, who is anything but regular. It is so great to have you here on the show. And I know that you have so much to share that will inspire our listeners. So welcome, Jennifer. Christine, thank you so much for allowing me to be here with you and sharing this time. I'm just so excited. Ah, lovely. Now you talk about two of my favorite topics. Now the first one is self-care, but you talk about a lot more than that. So I've always been a big proponent of having regular self-care, not self-care that's one spa day out of the year or one vacation when you finally do pay attention to yourself. But I love the fact that you talk about soul care. Yes. So let's just dive right into that. What is the difference between soul care and self-care? Yes. Well, Christine, when you really get into it, there's so many differences between the two. Self-care is wonderful. Like you say, it's important to make time for that. And especially on a regular basis, our self needs care. We need to care for ourselves. But the way that it's often looked at is it's approached in a fear-based model. It's all about deficiency, not good enough. We're not sleeping enough hours. We're not exercising the right way. We're not eating the right foods or we're not eating enough. We don't have enough time. It's all out of balances and it's all comes from a place of fear of not enough. And also that we don't deserve it. Like there's so many people out there who don't make the time for self-care because they're so focused on other people that they just don't seem to have the time for it, or they're afraid that they're going to be selfish when the reality is the more we take that time for ourselves and really nourish ourselves, then we can really step up and reclaim our A-game, as you say, to be able to step in with our best foot forward, our highest version of ourselves, and give so much more of ourselves that we're not actually taking anything away. We're just resourcing ourselves, tapping into our own resource, tapping into our soul. So in soul care, it's more about the growth needs. It's more about surrounding ourselves in beauty being out in nature, doing the things that we love to do, authentic communication and relationships. It's about self-actualization, our spiritual healing journey. I mean, Christine, how many times have we heard that we are spiritual beings having this human experience? And yet we keep focusing on our human self when we talk about wellness and self-care and we're driven by productivity and performance and we say we're interested in health and wellness, but we're still driven by productivity and performance and you keep going and going and not having that time. But when you stop and align with what you truly value, when you step into your spiritual sovereignty and recognize yourself as a spiritual being, 
then you start to focus more on spiritual wellness, keeping your spirit intact, doing the things that are going to help you, give you strength to help keep you moving on so we don't get knocked down. I mean, the cost of not doing self-care is that we become disoriented from our values, from our mission, from our life purpose, from who we are. We become dispirited by people laying expectations on us, actually creating this dense fog that feels heavy and that brings us down and makes us feel tired and lethargic. And we're looking for ways to just get through the day. So we grab a cup of coffee, right? Or the next stimulation, or we're scrolling or just something to keep us awake. But that's not the kind of awake that we want to be after, right? To really wake up is to make conscious choices about our lives and who we are and align with our values. The cost of no self-care is also becoming frazzled, impossible impulsive, reacting to life rather than embodying it. So soul care is staying true and being able to live your values. It's the growth needs, feeding those growth needs. What do you need to grow and evolve and really lead a full life? Not a busy one, a fulfilling one. So doing the right things that really feed our soul and give us purpose and meaning in our lives. Beautiful. That's so fascinating because I never thought about the flip side of self-care, mm. you know, until you said it now, it starts usually with essentially what can be negative self-talk, you know, the things that we have been neglecting, things we haven't been doing for ourselves. And I never thought about it that way before. So that is amazing. Yes. Wow. Yes. And so, how did it all come about? Is that what you're yeah, how did you <laughs> even tap into soul care? I mean, I would not have really just thought of that. And I'm sure you've had a journey that led you to it. So how did you come upon this concept of soul care? Yes, believe it or not, it actually started when I was 10 years old. I was then and still am, but even more so back then, just very, very observant. You know, the eyes of a child, just full of wonder, just taking in everything and later learning as an empath that I was actually absorbing everything too. That's another story. <laughs> but looking around and, you know, Christine, I started taking notes of what I was seeing and writing about it. I would start journaling about it. And I had these even chapters in my head. And at the time, it was around this theme of when society determines your destiny. Because I've seen so much, <laughs> exposed to so much different walks of life, different barriers and ways of overcoming them, but how people relate to each other and talk to each other, things that I wasn't enjoying, that weren't pleasant, that I was seeing how people became dispirited, like I was talking about earlier, from these expectations, from being told the way to dress and walk and move and speak and manners and just all of these rules and expectations that kept put on, you know? And I talked about that dense fog, and that's where it starts to form. When you think of fog, you can think of it as an acronym, as fear, obligation, and guilt. And being stuck in that fog, it becomes obscure, and we don't see. And then society determines our destiny, right? Because we're doing everything then to meet those standards of whatever environment that we're in. And it wasn't until years later that I realized just how much of an impact that had. So for many years, I was working in social services, working in domestic violence and in homelessness and with federal offenders and mental health for many years and all of those things that create disorders and disease in our life as a consequence of not being able to live our truth. And so while I was working in that field, there was a lot of 
of opportunities for wellness and self-care. There were some organizations I worked with that were really good for that. And I heard a coworker say once, this isn't enough. It's not enough to go to the gym. It wasn't enough to fill our spirits, to keep us going, to help alleviate the kind of stress we were under which really became a lot about compassion fatigue. It was seen in helping and health professionals, caregivers, and others too. You know, anyone who cares about anything in this world <laughs> will feel a bit of compassion fatigue really pronounced in that field. And, you know, people would be off work. They'd injure themselves. Just about everybody I worked with was on some sort of medication, you know, for anxiety mm. or depression. Wow. And for me, I was always, there's got to be something better than this. Like, how do we, and I was always cheerful. People would be, you know, like happy to see me because I was so <clears throat> happy-go-lucky, easygoing all the time, positive attitude. I, I lit people up, right? That's how I became known as the Soul Illuminator now. It's like, I just shine, keep shining this light on the darkness that I would see around me. And that didn't come from societal expectation. That came from somewhere deeper, and I'm like, started looking at what are the things that keep me positive, that keep me feeling fulfilled, that keep me seeking deeper life satisfaction and keeping me in alignment with my values. It was soul care. It was about spiritual wellness and finding that reconnection with ourselves, with each other, with our communities, with nature, with all of creation. And so that book that I started back when I was 10, three decades later, became Embrace Your Power, a healing journal of self-discovery. So it was about really healing that relationship to self, taking that pilgrimage back into the heart and embracing your power to determine your own destiny. To align with soul is also to step into your deeper passion. And the way I see passion, Christine, is when you break up the word, it's pass I on. And that I, mm -hmm, that I is your soul's expression of who you came here to be, who you always knew yourself to be, and do what you came here to do and, and share that with humanity to pass that on. There was so much loss I experienced in my life through death, husband, house, vehicle, pets, you name it, bankruptcy, you name it, I've experienced that loss. And each time there's got to be something, some kind of meaning and purpose in life to keep it going. That's one thing. Another thing is because I had the opportunity to attend so many different wakes and funerals and celebrations of life, I got to hear how people remembered the loved one that had passed on. It was the kind of relationship they had with the person, their spirit that they remembered you know, that they spoke about that made them laugh or that gave them heartache or that taught them the hard lessons, you know, and helped shape who they became or open them up to a new habit or activity or um, a quote or a teaching that they carry now for the rest of their lives or even a recipe that goes through the generations, right? It could be something so simple and yet so profound, Christine, that's our spirit that we pass on. It's our soul that evolves through this lifetime and ourselves is how we get to express that. So no matter what position I was in, in all the different roles that I had, I had, I had 16 different jobs, you know, 16 different positions, often in the same field. I had five different business ventures. So I hopped around a lot because I wanted to be exposed to a lot and experience a lot. And to be honest, they'd reach a plateau wherever I was because it just, I was driven by that need for more. There's got to be something more I can do. I always felt constricted or restricted and all of that. It wasn't feeding my soul. And so 
I kept on moving on. And no matter what form my work took, it was always the same kind of underlying purpose. My soul story was about guiding the destiny of souls into their most empowered way of being. So no matter who I was working with, you know, the clients in coaching or the transformational work I do or on the podcast when I'm speaking to people or to the audience and, you know, I'm bringing in people and gathering with people more and more that are aligned with the idea of feeding our soul. And that's what's going to support humanity moving forward is to keep raising that vibration. Self-care helps. Absolutely. We still need that. And we can build our capacity to hold all the stuff we're exposed to on a daily basis and that we get experience in our life and in the world if we can keep our spirit intact. So soul care became a big thing. It was the smile, the laughter, the positivity, the, the water that I would name and people would walk by every day. It was the cards that I had on my desk that even if you weren't spiritual, people wanted to know <laughs> what the message was. Like there's little things you can contribute into this world, like that family recipe, for example, that'll have a profound impact. So that's the eye that we're here to pass on in this lifetime. So again, that's, that's really what soul care is about. Mm. You know, listening to you, I feel like we're sisters from another mother. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, even before I knew a lot of what I know now about looking within, examining what feels right to your soul, um, and really tuning in to yourself. Before I even knew about that as a theory or as a concept, I just always was somehow compelled to just keep moving forward, try different things see what feels right to me. If it doesn't feel right, I'll let it go. Yes. Keep moving on. And that's just always been me. I'm very much an action taker. So I've mm -hmm. always done it through taking some action, even if it's small. And I didn't really think too much about how I was tuning in without necessarily taking specific time to tune in. Yes. But it was just such a part of me that, you know, that's what I did. I just moved according to how I felt you know does this feel like me does this not feel like me you know and I examined that at every step and I kind of took it for granted until I started to understand what goes into that kind of thinking and until also I started to look at the people pleasing side of myself mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you know there was that part where for big decisions I would make them according to what felt right. But yes. the little daily things, I was a people pleaser and I didn't know mm -hmm. how to say no. And that's when I learned the importance of really tuning in and really celebrating yourself and having boundaries that protect, you know, the true you without getting all these demands placed on you and making your life a roller coaster or a hamster wheel of just trying to meet those demands. So yes. I totally get what you're saying. It's an amazing journey to be on. And it's really, I think, almost surprising to me that you managed so well as an empath yes. doing all the things you were doing. <laughs> <Me too. laughs> because I've always said I couldn't be a psychologist or a counselor because I'm a bit of an empath myself. And mm -hmm. because I'm a doer, I want to fix things. Mm -hmm. And I sometimes have to pull myself back from that instinct 
to try to fix things. Yes, yes. <laughs> But if people are in really dire situations, I would definitely go home thinking, oh my gosh, I need to help them. I need to do something. Oh my yes. goodness. I can't just let it continue. <laughs> So yeah, I don't yeah. know how in the world you managed to go through working with people in the mental health arena and all of that. That just, it can take a lot out of you, especially if you're an empath. Yes, it can. And that's where the practice of healthy detachment comes in to take ego out of it, right? And just be there to be able to care without carrying. And that's not easy, trust me. <laughs> Learned that the hard way many, many times, and I still do. And that's why spiritual wellness is so important because it's what we do outside of that work too, how we replenish ourselves. And that matters too, whether you're an extrovert or an introvert, because there's different ways of replenishing your energy depending on which one you are. I mean, Over the years, we've become more imbalanced. We're kind of both now, whereas before it used to be more one extreme or the other. Yeah. You know, and for example, for extroverts is that connection and going out and having fun and being around people. Whereas for an introvert, downtime and empaths, especially downtime is essential. We need the quiet. The lockdown during COVID was heaven on earth for an empath. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. You know, because empaths need that. They need the quiet. We're more in touch with animals and nature than we are in humans, actually. So we need to have that kind of connection as well. And that's what I'm talking about when I talk about the growth needs, right? Is that we're doing things that build up the capacity to hold it all, you know? So where we see, I can't do that. It's not so much that we can't, but it's a conscious choice of wh whether we will or not. You know, um, I can't do that right. is disempowering. I won't do that is an empowering choice that we make because we choose yes. that we're not going to do that. We're not going to put up with that. So we don't have to be in those environments. And it wasn't easy. I, I suffered, you know, I was on compassion leave a couple of times and I was, had adrenal shutdowns where I was like, just knocked down. Like there was no... Mm -hmm. Getting me back up. It was just, I was done, completely spent. Right. And that's where, you know, I just kept practicing, having that quiet time, doing the things that I love to do, creating sacred space where I can take refuge, whether it be in nature or a chair in my room, you know, just finding that place. Very important to have conscious connection. So either with your higher self, the God of your understanding, Having that conscious connection is extremely important and allowing creativity to flow. You know, in our overly productive world and so many women, especially, you know, owning businesses now, becoming leaders, having holding posts that require a lot more of demands on us. We've almost lost that intuition, but we always carry that caregiving sense as well. So we need to allow time for creating creativity, especially as a woman, because that's part of our DNA, you know, that goes yeah. through all generations. And for anyone, no matter how you identify, having that creative flow means you have that conscious connection. You're allowing inspiration to come in. And that's the ideal way to move through this world is through inspired action, never oh, yeah. through a should or have to, but 
because you feel inspired. That's when you're coming from a place of love. You know, Mm -hmm. I choose to approach life with curiosity and courage and compassion, you know, so restoring that. Those are the kinds of things that can help regulate our emotions and regulate our nervous system. As an empath, I know I'm speaking for myself and probably many others. There's so much stimulation out there and our nervous systems weren't created to handle it. We, yeah. we weren't. <laughs> it's too much. True. It's too it much. Is. So we need to take responsibility for turning off the television, turning off Netflix, turning the ringer off our phone, giving our eyes a rest from mm-hmm. all the screens and taking a walk into nature. Like I said, being able to stay connected with each other, you know, not just through a screen, but actually being able to embrace each other, yes. being able to support ourselves in ways that really, truly nourish us. That's premium fuel, right? That's what's going to keep us going. And to really settle down from our head into our heart, you know, to really settle and to calm because any moment that we're not in calm, that we're in the past or the future, or we're just going, (laughs) if we don't even know where we're going, we're just driven by something we don't know, driven by fear, right? And that irritation, that regret, that resentment can build up. If we don't take the time, like you said, to stop, pause, reflect, slow it down, you know, and ground yourself into the everyday and find solace in our everyday, things that soothe our soul, that nourish us, you know, tuning into podcasts like yours, like Reclaim Our A-Game rather than something violent on TV or the next newsflash, you know, like being careful of what you tune into, especially if you are an empath, really choosing where you direct your time and energy in what you're tuning into. Tune into nature, tune into yourself, tune into your heart and tune into your soul. So for someone who is new to this concept, who may be going through the same kind of adrenal fatigue that you mentioned that you went through, Mm -hmm. or maybe close to that, how do you recommend that they get closer to having that renewed sense of passion and purpose and a new sense of vitality that comes from being really in tune with the true you. How do you suggest people start that process? Well, if you're experiencing that adrenal fatigue or you're knocked down or you get sick, for example, or you get injured, that's already the wake up call, right? There's something that knocks you down. that literally brings you to your knees and either you curl in and you need that time for cocooning and to incubate and to create that healing space around you as a cocoon would, or you're looking up. It's like, please help me. You're reaching out for help to your higher power, to the God of your understanding to say, I need guidance. I need help. That's the first thing that already sets things in motion because everything you need is going to be provided for you. So it's building up the trust in that, being humble enough to say, I need help. I need to take a day off. I need to rest. Mental wellness, mental health is extremely important, right? Um, So that's one thing. The other thing is if you're already in that state, I'm not going to say you're too far gone, but you're pretty far gone. So the first thing, you don't have the energy to engage in meditation or going to see a therapist or going anywhere for that matter, because you're spent, you're done. You have no energy at all to do that. So you need to first recover yourself before you can be yourself. So it's that time of almost like being in a coma, you know, where you're conscious, but not responding really to anything, Mm. right? We're not responding to anything. And so it's akin to turning the ringer off your phone, 
turning off the TV, not responding right now, right? To just come back home. So homing yourself, coming back to yourself, realigning with yourself. So giving yourself that minute to rest and just be with yourself. And then you start replenishing that energy. Then you start feeling that energy. This is where it's really important to get some help from someone else, depending on how far disconnected you're feeling or how lost you're feeling. Because often, as they see in mental health, when people are feeling very depressed and they start getting that energy back after being out and resting for a while, that's when they're likely to commit suicide because they didn't have the energy to do it before, right? They couldn't follow through on the act. That's if you're really, really at the extreme. Right. So really important to have that network of support around you, that love and belonging. So having that in place is extremely important. And then the next part is using it, (laughs) right, to act on it, whether that be your compassionate spirit spirit helpers who believe in angels and guides or the God of your understanding, creating that conscious connection, understanding that it's only temporary. This is just a healing crisis, a healing phase that you're going through, and you will get to the other side of this. And to ponder the possibilities, what's working and what's not. When you start to ponder the possibilities rather than the problems, then it creates an opening, and that's more expansive, right? So that starts bringing you back out into the world. That opens you up to new experiences when you start to ponder the possibilities. And then there's a decision that needs to be made. Are you going to embrace your life as it is now and really come to a place of acceptance? Or is it time to exit a job or a relationship? So what I just gave there was, you can think of it as cope. C for conscious connection. O for only temporary. P for ponder the possibilities. And E for embrace it or exit. The other E, that's if you're into it and you believe in it, it's something I practiced for many years when I had um, a healing center was energy work, rebalancing your chakras. Um, There was a practice I used to do called integrated energy therapy that worked at different cellular memory areas of the body to raise your vibration so that you can attract more of what you truly desired in your life and not, and release what was imprinted that continued to create trauma and drama in your life. So it really released issues out of your tissues. People practice Reiki, therapeutic touch. There's a million modalities out there. EFT has become really popular. That's emotional freedom technique where it's tapping, you know, and you're saying these affirmations and intentions and doing release work and bringing in new things as you're tapping. And so energy work is really important because it replenishes your energy. It rebalances it. Talking to someone can help because you get it out writing it down, writing it on paper. So like I spoke about when I was 10 years old, I was observing all these things that were very unpleasant to me to be witnessing. So I'd write about it and that helped me process it. So you're giving yourself time to actually process. So these are some of the things you can start to do and give yourself time, even if it's a few minutes a day, to do the thing that lights you up, that makes your heart sing. Even if it's being grateful for one to three things, you know, finding that gratitude to raise your vibration, doing the things that you love. Love is also an acronym for lots of vital energy because that's what it gives you. 
you know? And then when you're feeling that, that's what you get to give back out into the world. That's what you're radiating out into the world. And everything just becomes more blissful then, right? More radiant. And you start to notice things again. It's like a reemerging. So it's really a transformational cycle, just like the caterpillar comes into the butterfly. It takes many forms before it ever becomes a butterfly. And it does go through that mush state. It does go through the cocoon time before it reemerges, before we have that rebirth, right? So yeah, Christine, if people are feeling those costs of soul care for not engaging in the soul care, then we need to take that time to recover ourselves before we can truly be ourselves. Yeah. You know, there's so much in there that you said, Jennifer, that is incredibly important. And one of the things that I think is pretty hard for most people to do, at least at first, is to give ourselves grace. I know that was really hard for me to do. Yes. I am very much a pull myself up by my bootstraps kind of gal. Very independent and asking for help was initially hard for me. Mm -hmm. Giving myself grace and understanding that there's a process we need to go through. And sometimes we do need to just pull back from the world for a bit and just take it step by step at our own pace. That is something that I think is not talked about enough. And it's almost the opposite of what we see in our regular day-to-day lives in the media and everything. It's all about achieving and going for it and all of this, you know, very masculine energy. And as you said, the other side, the intuition and the creativity is totally ignored, really, except for, you know, a few grand instances of creativity that make it into mainstream media. But, Mm -hmm. you know, creativity as an everyday experience is so underrated. It's really shocking when you stop to think about it. Absolutely. And like I was saying, we talk about health and wellness. Well, it's more like health and fitness, right? (laughs) Health and fitness. And then we have all these goals, right? And and pressure on ourselves to meet those goals. And what about wellness? What about Mm -hmm. our spirit? Yeah, exactly, Christine. It's it's coming back to that. Yeah, that we are spiritual beings having this human experience. So our spirit needs to be supported because that is what we pass on. Agreed. And when we're sick and we're in a job, Mm -hmm. we take a sick day, but Mm -hmm. As a counselor once said when she came to talk to us in our workplace, what about taking a mental health day? What about the day that you just don't feel up to coming into the office and dealing with whatever you might have to deal with? That's right. That's a real reason to take some time for yourself. Mm -hmm. It's not just about when you have a headache or a cold or you're feeling ill for some reason or the other. It's not just the physical There's so much more that needs to be embraced and considered when we think about the mental and the spiritual aspect. We're full beings. We're not just physical beings. Yes. So I think the things that you mentioned, Jennifer, are just so important for people to hear and to really stop and think about. So thank you so much for sharing everything that you've shared and really drawing our attention to the things that, as I said, aren't talked about enough and just are under the radar but can make such a huge difference if we really stop and tune in and address these things. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Christine, for allowing me to share and giving me the space to do that. And I do encourage your listeners to choose one thing, one thing that resonated to reflect on, journal about, or choose to shift in their life right now, right today. You know, we talk about one day. What about day one? 
make this day one to just make that one small change. In fact, I have this soul care guide that I'm offer. I can offer to your audience if you want to put a link into it. It's absolutely free, and I'll go into more of the differences between self care and soul care, and many of the ways that we can start to engage soul care and really find that solace in our daily lives to take refuge in it and, and to just come home. Thank you so much, Jennifer. That's so generous of you because it's so needed. So mm. I'm definitely going to put that link in the show notes so you can look in the show notes for it and just go directly to get that free guide, which is generously being offered by Jennifer. Thank you again. Yeah. And, you know, I know that you're a generous spirit, so it doesn't surprise me, but it's such a pleasure to have this gift to share. And I know that Everyone who takes advantage of it will definitely appreciate the fact that you took the time to put it together. So, you know, thank you. You're welcome. Before we wrap up, there's one fun or interesting thing that I want to ask you. What is the one thing that you wouldn't want to live without? Wow. All right. I'm a big believer in non-attachment and in impermanence. So I've gotten used to, because of all those losses I have, not having things (laughs) forever. But the one thing that I won't allow someone to take away from me that I need to have in my life every day, and this is what helps keep me on my A-game, is my morning routine. That is non-negotiable. Those first couple of hours from when I open my eyes are for my conscious connection, my time for inspiration, reflection, journaling, slowly emerging into the new day, setting the tone for the day. That morning routine is what keeps my life going. You know, and without that, it just changes the whole course of my day, my week, my month, my year, you know, like it just changes everything. So that one thing I cannot live without and that no one will ever take away from me (laughs) is that morning routine. Although I I can say I love being out in nature too. So I never want that to go away, but that morning routine. Yeah. Oh, I'm right there with you. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. Oh, yes. I can completely relate. (laughs) Yes. And then even at the end of the day, setting that intention to rest our soul. Of course, our souls Mm. do get tired. Yes. Yeah. So true. Oh, beautiful. Just like this entire time has been that we've spent together, Jennifer. Thank you again for joining us and sharing your wisdom, sharing everything you've learned on your journeys. Incredibly valuable, for sure. So thank you. Thank you. And you're welcome. So you've heard Jennifer Regular, who's anything but regular. And there has been so much to take away from this episode. But best of all, you have that soul care guide that can help you and you can keep it handy and it can be your resource as you go through your day. So make sure you grab it in the show notes. And this is Christine Franklin saying, have a powerful day.